when I, when I travel to do professional games, most of them are like 7, 7.30 at night. So by the time the game gets done, 9, 9.30, we get back to the locker room, uh, do all of our paperwork, uh, come off the high, um, uh, shower, get ready. You know, we're, we're, we're leaving the field 9.45 or so. Um, same, same, same is true this past, uh, this past Wednesday night. I was in Oklahoma City. And, uh, you know, the amount of establishments, especially on a weeknight, that are open when we need one after, after a game greatly is reduced. Um, in fact, uh, most of the establishments that are open are those that are open till 1, 2 o'clock in, in the morning. You know, much like bears, right? And so we went to one place that was close to the motel, and uh, they were closing at 10, which it was like 9.55, so we didn't want to do that to them. So uh, there's a place down the road called the Frosted Mug. And so uh, we went to the Frosted Mug. They were open to 1.30, right? And uh, so just to give you a kind of a, a, a perspective of what this, <laughs> this place was, uh, one perspective, I could give you another one, but uh, I won't from stage. Um, <laughs> they uh, went into the bathroom, and the first thing that caught my eye was that the uh, urinal was metal. And then the second thing that caught my eye, that the urinal was actually a keg that was cut in the, in the shape of a, of a urinal. So that, just to kind of give you a, a baseline of you know, where, where I was at uh, for dinner, uh, they did have good food. Um, and, but they had this meme, this, this uh, poster, uh, I think it actually was metal, but uh, above the urinal because apparently you know, every stall at every urinal needs you know, entertainment. Um, but uh, it said, it said, if it was the thought that counted, if it's the thought that counts, I'd be in jail by now. That part, I think, will work in the sermon. I just wanted to tell the rest of that to, to, to lead up to that. But we're in this series called Uncivil War, and what we're doing is that I, I really feel like we're in a civil war in this country, not when it comes down to weapons or, you know, weapons as far as artillery, but uh, weapons of our mouth, we're devouring each other, right? We're just absolutely devouring each other. And, uh, there's actually uh, verses from Isaiah chapter 9 that 700 years before Christ, Isaiah describes Israel the same way, that they were devouring each other. How do we not do that, right? How do we, how do we not devour each other? How do we live in this community? And we're taking a look at principles from God's word uh, that was written mostly by Paul uh, to the churches that talk about how we live in an uncivil war. Because civil war is actually an oxymoronic statement. But a, an uncivil war is actually living in peace and love and harmony with each other. And this is actually true for any community, any, any, any group of people that come together. The church should just be the light of this. But so often we're not. And so how do we live together like this? And we start off with love, and that love is sacrifice, and that's the foundation. If we can get those three words right, then the rest of this falls into place. And we looked at how, how to make other people more significant than ourselves. And then we looked at that we use, we use our freedom to serve others. And then we saw that we, um, our, our, our suffering, our affliction, our difficulty leads to your comfort. And we saw that we're supposed to have relationships that challenge us. And then today we're actually going to take this a step further and talk about what happens 
when we do have sin in our life, when we, when we do mess up and screw up and, 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 and that we're not perfect and we're all not okay, is that okay? And how do we handle that inside of the church and inside of this community? Because we're going to sin. We're going to, we're going to fail people. We're going to disappoint people. And how do we handle this personally? And how do we handle this you know, as the other person? And um, too bad this sermon's on Memorial Day, right? Like up until this point, like last week maybe was like, oh man, that's a little bit tough. But this week, like this is a sermon we all need. This is like the turning point where it goes from, okay, I get it, to what are you asking me to do? And see, we, we put up our nice little holy veneers, right, to come to church and to get our toes stepped on by the preacher, right, as like, you know, like religious, like, words kind of left me, but self-torture. But we really have, don't plan on doing anything about it because while the preacher can step on our toes, like that doesn't mean I have to change. <laughs> right? We can just keep going. But if we had this conversation over coffee, we'd be more, more likely to change, right? Now, we could almost have this conversation over coffee like that because of the number of people that are here. But uh, So I guess pretend that we're at Heroes, just you know, sipping, sipping our favorite coffee, a latte or a cappuccino or whatever you know, floats your boat. Um, but um, I like coffee. I like black coffee. I, like, I, like, I actually like coffee. So, but anyway squirrel galatians 6 paul teaches us how to live in this type of relationship galatians chapter 6 we'll read through it and then we'll kind of break it down and, and again kind of like throughout the entire series take a look at the civil war attitude to the uncivil war attitude brothers and sisters if someone is caught in any wrongdoing you who are spiritual should restore such a pers- person with a gentle spirit watching out for yourself so you also won't be tempted Carry one another's burdens. In this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone considers himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But each person should examine his own work. And then he will have a reason for boasting in himself alone and not in respect to someone else. For each person should have to carry his own load. The first Civil War attitude is this. Well, let's take a step back. The uncivil war attitude is this. The uncivil war attitude is that we carry each other's burdens. Now, this passage can be used sometimes really technically out of context and say, oh, look, Paul says to carry each other's burdens, each other's difficulties, each other's afflictions, each other's sufferings, which is a true statement. However, this isn't Paul's point here. Paul's point, what are burdens here? Sin, right? Burdens equal sin in this passage. We are to carry each other's sin, carry each other's burdens. Now, this isn't meaning <laughs> this isn't meaning we help each other sin. That's not what this is meaning. Sin is a burden on us. It weighs on us. If you do not feel the burden of sin, it probably means that you've carried it so long you've ignored it. It's a burden. And Paul is telling us to help each other carry this. And the first Civil War attitude is that I do not need help carrying my burden. I'm good. 
I don't need help carrying my burden. This is my poop, don't stink person. Right? You know that. When you walk into the bathroom after somebody just unloaded the chalupa at Taco Bell into the bathroom and then tried to cover it up with the Glade apple cinnamon spray, you're like, you're not fooling anybody, right? I mean, we know what just happened here. You're like, whoo, potpourri. Take the pot and take that literally, and that's what we got, right? This is pretending, showing up at church, having this perfect facade. I don't need anybody's help carrying the burden of sin. We don't need to pretend. Now this means we have to get vulnerable, right? And that's what we don't want to do. Again, the facade. We want to keep up this facade. We don't want to get vulnerable because then people would realize I'm not perfect. Newsflash. We all know you're not perfect. Wow, that was fantastic. (laughs) What just happened there? We all know that you're not perfect. We all know that I'm not perfect. But we'd rather pretend that we're all perfect than to be vulnerable with each other, right? But what happens when one perfect facade goes up against another one? We have to see whose perfect perfect facade is more perfect, right? And it causes conflict. Rather, if we all just said, I'm not perfect, you're not perfect, so therefore let's carry the burden for each other, that's not conflict, right? That's community. That's a depth of community that many of us are not willing to go or don't have that person to go there with. Do we have that person? Do you have that person? Now, inside of Crosspoint, the program, quote-unquote program that we have for that is small groups, but that is the starting point. That is the starting point for, for, for having this type of relationship because mo- all of our small groups are co-ed. You know? Just to kind of put this out there, you know, it kind of gets awkward when some dude says, I have a lust problem while looking at some other guy's wife, right? Like, that's, that's a little weird. That's a little odd. Like, that's not the best venue for that statement, And so you need a deeper relationship than even 8, 10, 12, 17 people in a circle, right? Those of you that are in Phil's small group, right? You need a better venue than that. You need a couple of people over coffee, right? But that does get awkward. You have to push through that first initial awkward conversation in order to talk about this. Now, Paul does talk about if, anyone, if someone is caught in any wrongdoing, you are spiritual, should restore such a person with a gentle spirit. Now, there is an aspect to what he's talking about is initiating that conversation. Look, hey, I see this about you. Now, that is best done inside of relationship, right? At times, we have to kind of step outside of relationship and kind of initiate that conversation. And we're going to have a sermon about that on Father's Day, actually, um, you know, show up that day because that, that one will be fantastic. We're not going to talk about like when you have to initiate and the other person doesn't realize they're in sin. We'll talk about that on Father's Day. 
This is, today we're going to talk about when two people recognize that they need this. And it, it, it takes overcoming some of those awkward conversations to begin with in order to get there. And we're so afraid of witch hunts and inquisitions because we have that in our history, correct? Unfortunately, we do. That's not what Paul is talking about. He's not talking about witch hunts and inquisitions where we're you know, constantly looking at each other and waiting for somebody to do something wrong so that we can point that out. If somebody does that, remind them that they are in sin. Because what does Paul say? Do this with a what spirit? Gentle. Remind them that pointing out somebody's flaws without a gentle spirit is just as equal to the sin that whatever you have. But do that with a gentle spirit, right? Not never with a sarcastic, ironic spirit, would we? P.A.? Right? Right, right? And see, that's part of the reason why we're afraid of this, is that we're afraid of the witch hunts and the inquisitions and, and maybe some of these things that we've experienced in the past in other churches. And I apologize you've experienced that. That's not the intent. That's not what God wants for His church. Now, God does want us to pursue holiness, but He doesn't want us to hammer each other into submission either. The first Civil War attitude is that I don't need any help carrying burdens. The second, uncivil, or the second Civil War attitude is that I don't need to help carry anyone's burdens. See, the first is, I don't need help. The second is, I don't need to help you carry your burden. This is the, I'm all that in the bag of chips person, right? Paul even says it in his own language, for if anyone considers himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Another translation says he fools himself. In our vernacular, you think you're all that in a bag of chips. Like, nobody is above helping somebody else with their spiritual baggage. As I reminded um, the, the band, the leadership this morning, everybody that walks in here could be carrying some pretty heavy baggage and we just don't know. We just never know. And this is the starting point to help carry each other's burdens. That you feel safe saying, I've got this bag on my back I don't know what to do with it. And I've prayed and I've prayed and I've prayed and it just seems to keep being there. Because we have made everything so spiritual, we have made this spiritual too. All you got to do is pray for God to forgive you of your sins and all that weight of the sin is gone. And then you do that and 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 you continue to feel the weight of your sins and then what do you ask? What is wrong with me? Yes, Jesus spiritually removes our sin. 100%, absolutely. I am orthodox there. But where I take it a step further is actually where the Bible takes it. Practically, what gift has God given us to be able to carry that and release that burden from us? Each other. 
practically he's given us each other to be able to carry each other's burdens so that the weight of that burden is off of us. So if we want somebody else to help us, what makes us think we're not a hypocrite if we're not willing to lift a finger to help somebody else with their sin? Wouldn't that be kind of the definition of hypocrite? Wanting something for ourselves but not willing to lift a finger for somebody else to help in the same way? Are you willing to be vulnerable enough to help somebody else with their burden? Yes, it takes vulnerability. Yes, it takes relationship. Yes, it takes somebody uh, to, to, to know and be willing to have these conversations with. But are you willing to help somebody else with that? And again, small group, great first step, but that only goes so far, right? Lastly, the last Civil War attitude is this. Because you didn't carry my burden, I sinned. Verse 4, But each person should examine his own work, and then he will have a reason for boasting in himself alone, and not in respect to someone else. For each person will have to carry his own load. You're like, wait a minute, hold, hold, hold on here. He just said, carry each other's burdens, and then he just said... Carry your own load. Well, is he contradicting himself? No. What happens with um, the writers in this day is that they'll just transition without any transition, right? They'll just, boom, we're talking about this, and boom, now we're going to talk about this. Paul is giving both sides of the coin of, yes, we share each other's burdens, but yes, we also have a personal responsibility for our own sin. Side note, it's great to know that the Bible pokes holes into everybody's religious dogma. We're supposed to share with each other. We're supposed to have personal responsibility. If you think the Bible backs you and only backs you, you're wrong. These five verses prove that. What Paul is getting at here is that we have no room to blame anybody else for our sin. Well, if my mama, well, if my daddy, well, if my sister, if my brother, if my cat, if my dog, if my goldfish, if my hamster, if my... I would have never sinned. Paul's like, what are you talking about? The burden is our burden. The point is this. We need to hate sin and the burden of sin enough that we get vulnerable with somebody to help share the load. That we own up to our own sin, but we're willing to be vulnerable with somebody to help share the load because God has given that to us as a gift of community. It's a gift that He's given us. If you've prayed, and if you've prayed, and if you've prayed, and if you've prayed, and you still feel the burden on you, it's not because Jesus hasn't forgiven you. It's because you haven't utilized the gift of community yet. Look, I had a 
personal facade as a leadership in the youth group. And I can't share my struggles. I can't share my sin. What will people think of me, right? <gasps> and it stagnated my spiritual growth by a decade. Because I wasn't willing to hear and follow God's word. This is a hear and follow issue. Are we willing to hear and follow God's word and be vulnerable? Because it is a gift that God has given us. See, this command, bear each other's burdens, it's a gift, right? It's infinity life. When we have our burdens released from us, doesn't that sound like infinity life? Doesn't that sound like abundant life? Doesn't that sound like you don't have to deal with your sin? God gives us an out. Now, He doesn't give us an out to sin, but when we do, He gives us an out to be able to have this community so that we give each other the gift of lightening the load of our sin. If it's the thought that counts, I'd be in jail by now. According to Matthew 5, Sermon on the Mount, according to Jesus, it is the thought that counts. I've put a, a couple of the, 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 the instances that, that Jesus gave in the Sermon on the Mount. I'll paraphrase one now. Hey, you religious leaders, you've never had intercourse with, with another man's wife. Congratulations, but you've imagined it. You've thought about it. And guess what? That's the same thing. We all know that every thought doesn't lead to action, right? Otherwise, we'd have more action on the roads. Different sermon. But we do also know that every action begins with thought. And that's what Jesus is getting at. And I'm not talking about Orson Welles, 1984, you know, thought crime, you know, sort of thing. But what if we had somebody that knew us so well that they knew, man, something's not right. Something's not right with you. Everything all right? Are your thoughts all right? Your actions all right? What if we had somebody that knew us so well that they could tell that we're walking down a path before we even say a thing. Not because they're on a witch hunt, but because they love us, and care for us, and know us. Do you have that sort of gift in your life? The gift that leads to infinity life because every sin is a burden on our shoulders. Every one of us has felt that. But have you felt the gift of somebody else lifting that off of you? We don't get into a lot of programs here at Crosspoint. We do this as a program, we do small groups as a program, and then we do our mission partners and serving as a program. Why don't we do men's ministry, ladies' ministry? Why don't we have full-blown youth ministry and all of this? Because that would take time away from having these sorts of relationships. I would rather not have the relationships and not have the programming so that we had space for these types of relationships. 
Because many times we do the programming in order to put up the facade to show that everything's okay. Look how, look how much stuff we do. Everything's great. Look how much stuff we do. While it encourages everybody else to not have these types of relationships. Which would we rather have? Do we have the gift? Do we have the gift of finding infinity life through somebody else helping carry our burdens so that our thoughts don't end us in jail? <laughs> Let's pray. Father, Lord, I thank you that you've given us this as a, um, as a gift. You know, maybe we read this and maybe we think that being vulnerable like this is the burden. It's really the gift that you've given us. Help us see it this way. Help us release this burden. We just thank you. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. We're going to have a time of, of worship and the song's actually, you know, perfect and perfect to reflect. And If you've never had your sins released, the burden of your sins released, I, Jesus is that. But if you're also that person that I described that said, I've prayed and I've prayed and I've prayed, maybe this describes you, that you haven't released your burden, that burden hasn't been released because practically speaking, you haven't utilized the gift of somebody else. Maybe you already know, man, this person, this lady, this guy, I need to pray with them right now. Like, I need to grab them and pray with them. Great, do it. Maybe you don't know yet. Ask God for that person. He, he has somebody in mind that He wants to work you towards because He wants this for every single person. If you need to grab somebody this morning, grab somebody. I'm not going to go back in the back or anything, so maybe it'll make it more awkward. I don't know. Nobody's keeping track here, but I'll just stay up here. If you need to grab me, grab me. If you need to grab somebody else, grab somebody else and pray with them. But utilize this time to reflect on how God wants to give you this type of relationship to release you from the burden of sin.